Welcome to the fourth season of The Coaching Cast, your working from home club. Regardless of where you're working right now, at home, in the office, or a blend of both, or whatever you do as a career, we've got something for you at The Coaching Cast. I'm Susie, sales and business coach at Future You Business Coaching, currently taking on my hardest coaching assignment to date, parenting that two-year-old who definitely, definitely doesn't take too kindly to being questioned. (laughs) And I'm Lisa, founder of Grip Corporate Coaching, personal performance coach, leader and chief eye roller when it comes to all nonsensical corporate mumbo jumbo, which suffocates rather than advocates. In this podcast, we explore all things work-related, matters impacting you at work right now. Presenting different topics each episode, which we will discuss with some special guests along the way, sharing ideas, hints, and tips for you to take away and try for yourself. We hope you enjoy listening. Today, we're talking about a situation that many of us find ourselves in. That time when you just don't get on with that colleague or coworker, or boss even, and you don't know what to do to make it better. So stay with us and enjoy. So before we get into this week's episode, Lisa, how are you today? Well, I think the excitement of last week's episode may have just taken its toll on me because oh. for those of you who listened to episode two, you will have um, listened to us talking to the incredible and very inspiring Amelia Sordell, who is the founder of the personal brand agency Clout, LinkedIn Queen. I mean, I think she said she had over 80,000 followers on LinkedIn at that stage. Goodness knows how many she's got now. She's probably got wow. hit like she's probably hit like a hundred thousand. Now the she's woman, on the coaching cast. Well she quite. will be hitting over the hundred thousand. Oh good point well, actually. Being yes. on the coaching cast will have accelerated her status without Absolutely. a doubt. Without a doubt. But yes, I thoroughly enjoyed the episode with her uh, last Tuesday and, and speaking with her about building a personal brand and learning from her perspective what that means, how she's done it successfully. But I think the excitement became too much because by Wednesday, I'd been hit with a horrendous gastroviral bug. And unfortunately, it went through myself, literally went through myself, (laughs) my husband, our two best friends who are staying with us. They've come over to South Africa to spend time with us for two weeks. And bless us, the four of us all came down with this bug. And so, yes, it's been a challenging week as we've all gotten over the virus. I mean, we were best friends before and we knew each other very well, but we know each other even <laughs> now. We know each other too well. So yeah. there are some things that I'm never going to be able to unlearn or unsee again. <laughs> way to describe it. So I do feel for my friends because bless them, they were so excited to come out here. My friend Emelina, it's the first time she's ever been here. And we took them away on straight after the podcast recording actually took them away to one of our favorite parts of South Africa for a couple of nights like a little mini break within a break and yeah we were all struck with it so kind of put a bit of a dampener on the trip but uh I think we're slowly recovering 
I think we're slowly recovering. Uh, yeah. So yes, so feeling a little bit better now, but did have a few bit of a wobble at the weekend. Um, oh, bless you! But uh, yeah, no, uh, feeling a bit better. As I said, I just think maybe the excitement of speaking to Amelia just became too much. Got overexcited, like a toddler. You know, puked everywhere. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I, we've also had the excitement of. Um, a brand new website as well this week. We have. Which, uh, maybe that just... May, I think it's that that's probably toppled you over the edge as well as talking to Amelia. But I am also glad you're feeling better um, as well. But yes, for any of our CBBs who don't follow us on Instagram um, may not have seen our posts. Um, we have a brand new website, don't we? Yes. I'm very, very proud of it as well. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. <laughs> Made it's by something... ourselves, people. Made yeah. by ourselves. That's the kind yeah. of budget that we work with. Absolutely. Again, if anyone would like to sponsor us, then please, please get in contact. <laughs> you see that? As you see our website, it's very good actually. I think for someone, you know, I'm not particularly techie, but I've, I feel like I've self-taught myself with websites. Anyway, I'm very proud of it. I'm sure there are plenty of SEO experts out there who are now going to visit the Coaching Cast website and give me hopefully some constructive criticism on <laughs> how we can improve it so that we can gain more visibility. And again, if there are any SEO experts out there, please send us an email to hello at the coachingcast.co.uk. I'm sure you probably will anyway, because I generally find that all my email folders are inundated by SEO experts. Um, and tell me how we can increase the visibility of our website and in turn grow this wonderful podcast. But yeah, we um, did a great job, Lisa. So Lisa took the reins on the website um, and she's done a great job and it went live at the back end of last week. So we're really excited to look about how we take it forward now. So we've got all our episodes on there. So 30, now 35 podcast episodes on there. There is. Um, there's also a bit of background on Lisa and I and also the story of the coaching cast and also you can sign up for exclusive content as well which will be coming shortly for anybody who would like to know a bit more about the coaching cast uh, outside of our regular podcast episodes so yeah it's been quite a a full-on week hasn't it one way or another for you indeed so people it's www.thecoachingcast.co.uk you've got to go check it out indeed How's your week been, other than the excitement of the, po- the you know the the podcast website launching, obviously? Well, well, yeah, I'd say that's probably one of the, that is the highlight of my week, um, <laughs> because as you can you might be able to hear, I have got a, well, I'm kind of still got a cold. Um, I caught it from my little boy, so I think I mentioned last week when we were recording with Amelia, I was sat on my friend's floor recording with Amelia, the glamour, of <laughs> yeah. the setup there. <laughs> He wasn't very well. He then passed these germs to me. Um, so I've now got quite a bad cold. Not COVID, everyone. Don't worry. Um, but it's definitely lingering. So if I cough during this episode, but I also sound quite gravelly. So I'm kind of like, oh, I'll take this. I'll take this. <laughs> um, but that's why. So apologies in advance for any kind of impromptu coughing uh, in this episode. So, yeah, it's been a bit of a... Um, of a kind of yeah meh, mediocre week really because not been feeling the greatest um also coupled with a couple of other things that have happened so I think at the end of the last season I've talked about how I was getting an electric car yes um and we now have a, a fully electric car and it's amazing like I haven't been to a petrol station since 
like early November, mid-November. Um, and we charge it at home. So we're fortunate we've got a, a home charger. And it's brilliant. I absolutely love it. It's so good. Um, and I can definitely see why and how it should be kind of like the future. But when you get an electric car, one of the things that you don't expect to happen, which I've kind of now started to learn, is that I definitely suffer from range anxiety, <laughs> right? And I'll be honest, I don't need more anxiety in my life. This is another aspect of the angst that I definitely do not need. But um, you can become a bit obsessed with like how far this car is going to take you because when it runs out of charge, it literally runs out of charge. So if you're not near a charging point, you can't charge it. Like, so it's because they're less available than petrol stations. Obviously kind of same principle as if you have like a petrol or diesel car. But anyway, so we're like, we've both become, me and my husband, quite obsessed with this kind of like range anxiety. And I need to find a way to kind of, check myself and manage this because it's getting a bit too much like if we go on a fairly longish journey we're like oh my god how much range have we got are we going to get there and back where's the nearest like charging point like it's a bit much so yeah that's the only like downside I found with my electric car is that I've become a little bit obsessed with range anxiety which is just really like middle-aged isn't it like I feel like who am I sometimes where's this come from (laughs) as you said I think you've got enough things to worry about in your life in general and you don't need anything more to contribute to your anxieties no um absolutely and also I got trolled this week um by on a local Facebook group (laughs) I mean the hilariousness of it so I put a, a, a post out asking for a recommendation for someone to come and <laughs> clean my um carpets and also potentially my oven as well does that sound really like privileged yeah it does a bit it, it does but, anyway. but sod it if you can why would you yeah not? I can't think of anything more random. Then, I absolutely hate I think I've nearly killed myself cleaning an oven those things are toxic Horrible. yeah they are really toxic anyway I'd rather spend uh, my well-earned pennies on getting someone else to clean it we spend your money on what you want Anyway, yeah, I got trolled by somebody saying, like, you should just do it yourself. Maybe I should just do it myself. <laughs> I just think that's brilliant. Do you know who they are as well? No, I've never met them. Never spent them. I just love that. I no idea. That, you're, you've made it. You're a real celebrity now. That's it. You've landed. Susie, you are a podcast celebrity because you're being trolled on social media. Yes. I think that's oh. a great indicator. That is the modern indication of celebrity status these days. If people aren't slagging you off on social media who you don't know, who are you? Wow. I just wasn't expecting it from like <laughs> a local Facebook group, if I'm totally honest. And yeah, it just took me by surprise a little bit. And then I was like, maybe, sh- oh, maybe I do need to check myself here and just get on with it and do it. Have you responded to them? No, I've not yet. Is this like a dismal Deirdre? Or what does uh, yeah. Stacey Solomon call them? Susans? A ca- uh, is it a Karen? Karen. Karen's or Susans are better names. Actually, my mum's called Susan, so my mum's a nice lady. But And sorry to all other nice Karens and Susans out there. And Deirdre's, but I'm just saying. Anyway, yeah. That's hilarious. So, You've made it. Susie is officially famous wow. because she's being trolled on social media. Maybe I should ask him if he'll come and um, clean the oven. What, the person who slagged you off? Yeah. Why don't you apply? Right. I'll pay you a good rate. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. On that note, maybe we should absolutely move on. <laughs> Let's do this. 
I'm sure for many people, once they hear the name Apple, Steve Jobs comes to mind. But back in the early days of Apple in the 1980s, you may be surprised to hear that there were two Steves behind the operation, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. They started the company together and both had different roles and approaches. Jobs was the visionary leader and Wozniak the developer behind those now iconic devices. But after the launch of the Mac in 1985, things came to a head and Steve Wozniak decided to leave Apple. He allegedly became frustrated with Jobs' working style and approach. So what are some of the reasons why we often don't get on with some people we come across and encounter at work? Lisa, have you got any thoughts on this one? It's um, quite a common situation, isn't it? That when we go to work and are... Uh, dealing with lots of different people, we come across lots of different characters and personalities, but there's often somebody who we just can't gel with or connect with for whatever reason. Um, have you ever kind of come across this or experienced it? Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think this is wasn't it. wasn't me, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. Wouldn't that be funny? I'm like, yeah, actually it was you. But we work, I worked through it and thankfully it's all worked out really well. <laughs> Yeah, no, actually, Susie, it wasn't you. No, it wasn't you. You aren't my. You aren't my. One of my success stories where I managed to overcome an obstacle, and here we are. No, I, I, I think this is such a great subject, and it's so common because ultimately, especially if you, I think, regardless of the size of organisation you work in, you can work in a really small business, like a very much a SME. You can work in a middle size. You can work in a large. You're going to come across a hell of a lot of people throughout your career in workplaces where you've not chosen to work with them. You've not chosen to be together. You've chosen to work for the same organization. And depending on how much the organization has focused on their culture and how they want to build and construct teams and ensuring that actually the dynamic of teams is being really considered when they employ people to come into those environments, you're going to end up being with people who you probably would just never choose to spend time with outside of work. And I think that's beautiful in some respects because you end up encountering and engaging with people and you know ending up making friendships and possibly learning things from one another from those that maybe you would never give time to yeah. if it wasn't for the fact that you were forced into a working situation together. And I think that's amazing. I know that there are some people who actually have become really firm, long-term friends who are those that I've worked with and actually are not necessarily an obvious choice for me to, to connect with. And possibly, if it hadn't been for the fact we'd worked together, I may never have approached them, you know, or ever been thrown together with them. So there are wonderful outcomes from this scenario but yes those where we end up working with people who we just fundamentally don't like <laughs> it's such a challenge it's not a surprising one as I said because you know there's loads of us we're all different and you know you're going to end up encountering each other at some point but it is so challenging to get your head around when actually it's making your working environment very uncomfortable yeah and you know I think when it comes to like why don't we get on with one another I think like 
from a really like broad statement, I've always found that the reason I haven't gotten with people is because we've not found a mutual way to communicate with one another. Yeah. So like, that's what I personally think it boils down to. Yes, you've got specifics around, we have different viewpoints, we have different ideas. I think quite strongly, actually, one of the reasons I've not gotten with people is because our values are very different. What I value and think is important, another doesn't. So, I mean, the most common one I've always found working in a very large corporate environment is that I've worked with very commercially strong individuals who are all about bottom line, uh, efficiency of a process, um, is this going to achieve the objective or not as quickly as possible in the least cost, you know, costly way? Yeah. And I've been sitting there listening to all of this thinking, yeah, that is important, but we need to engage with people and work with people and support people because they're going to be the vehicle for whatever you then want to do around those areas. And I've often found that, you know, when I come out with that kind of statement or I start trying to bring people's attention to what I think is an equally important area around, you know, getting people to to work together, that I get a few bold eyes or it's dismissed or things like that. So what I value in respect of people, connection, teams, togetherness is not necessarily valued by others I've worked with. Um, So I think they're often where I've had that clash of value systems. I also, as I said, though, still think that then comes down to, so how do you work through it? And that's where I think, you know, the consistent like factor for me always is communication. Because I know for a fact as well, I'm not, I'm not, an innocent party in this. I know when I've really not got on with someone, if I've already taken a dislike, I will shut down. Like I won't, I'll shut my ears down, you know, which isn't helpful. It's not productive. It's not really me walking my talk as a coach. Like I throw my hands up in the air, but I'm a human being. And if, if someone's really jarred or irked me in some way, I'm normal. I'm a human. I, I will shut off to them to protect myself because I'm just like, no, I'm not dealing with that. Not particularly productive or helpful. So I will throw that out there, but you know, that's the things to work through. That's when I know it's tested my patience, no end to go take a deep breath. Yeah. Listen to what they're trying to say. If you don't understand where they're coming from, if you really can't connect with their point of view, just take the time to ask them some more questions. Like, yeah. gen- like genuinely show interest to try and understand, if you know what I mean. Yeah, of course. I think but, the piece yeah. you talk about there about the values is really important. And I'm not sure if we've touched upon it before, but I know when I worked in a big organisation, the people who I really struggled to get on with in my working capacity, um, whether they were colleagues or actually like senior leaders as well, mm. I know it was purely because our values were very different. So I really value straightforwardness, transparency, um, and maybe in some ways I'm quite privileged that I know that information because mm-hmm. I've done some work on myself and obviously in our coaching work as well. And not everybody knows perhaps what their personal values are. But certainly with some colleagues, they didn't value some those things and so their way they operated and communicated with me 
I often found really frustrating because it wasn't straightforward. It wasn't transparent. It wasn't clear. And so then we would, that would rile me. And then Mm. I would kind of like, um, yeah, maybe kind of react to that in some instances when I probably shouldn't have done, because, you know, like you said, we're all human. Mm. Um, And I think in my, certainly for my situations where I've come across this, it has all kind of stemmed from the fact that actually the things we value as two individuals are very different and we haven't really had opportunity to find out if there is any common ground and if there are things there which we could connect with and then Mm. build a better relationship from um so yeah I think the values piece is is actually quite a significant part in why a lot of people do struggle with other people at work yeah and I and I think it's it's the fact that people don't realize that. So yeah. I think as you've pointed out, you've done some self-exploration. I've done a hell of a lot as well. We've both taken our careers in the direction of coaching. We've we've gone through considerable training. We've had to secure qualifications. So we've done that learning. And I think for many of us, it's not that commonly understood it's not talked about enough either, I don't think, in uh, organisations, work environments, to enable people to have that education, to then realise it and utilise it. Because, you know, it's too, in other words, we get too lost in just the pure fact of the result, which is, well, we're just, we're not getting on and this is really painful and awkward and horrible. Mm-hmm. And then you start escalating and we're all guilty of this. I know I've done this loads of times. You start escalating this person into signifying something so much larger, uglier than actually it is. So, you know, because it's interesting, like you point out, um, well, you, you've just said there about how you've reacted in these situations. You know, I know I've let myself down in the way that I've behaved in certain scenarios when I've just got so frustrated with what's going on. And that I've struggled to have the, I think in some respects, there's an element of like confidence and control to just articulate what I think is going on. Yeah. You know, and that, I think when you are in a high emotional state because something really has pissed you off or upset you, you know, it's really hit a nerve. Yes, you've possibly taken it personally because I don't care what anyone says. Yes, fine, work environments, there are professional environments, fine, but they involve people, so immediately they get personal, you know. And this whole thing of, like, we should all just behave more, you know, you need to think more professionally, be more objective. Yeah, of course, we we do need to do those things. Of course we do, but it's easier said than done. And in some environments, when you really give a shit about what you're doing, you really care, that is going to really press on your emotions. It's just because we're people. That's the the point. We're not robots. Definitely. Um, But I definitely know that, there have been times when I've walked away from a situation and just been so frustrated then about myself <laughs> to kind of go, oh, God, I didn't handle that very well. I didn't behave that well. I've now played into the, if you even like, I've played into that perception of me that I think is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the worst when you're literally like, no, yeah. no, no, I've just, now they will only think about me exactly what they already thought because I've not been able to like sort this out so that whole like stimulus response which gets talked about a lot 
it is such an important skill to learn. Like I cannot stress that enough. About, it really is. Yeah, about, and it is as simple as like to start practicing, just take a deep breath. It really does work. And then consider like, okay, what's going on here? How do I want to respond? What will be m- the most effective way for me to respond here? And actually put across what I'm trying to say to get listened to, to be heard. I, it's so important because otherwise you're just, you're playing into the, you're playing into exactly what you don't want. And yeah. um, that's a harder way to, that's a harder place to come back from, isn't it? I think you've got more work to do then. Not to fact that make, you, you make yourself feel like shit and that's not fair to you either. Cause actually you've not really done anything wrong. You're just being yourself. So, but it's a, it's definitely a hard space, I think. And also, you know, those are the situations which stick in your mind and like you never forget. And I had a situation where, Actually, probably the opposite to what you've just said. I wish I had responded stronger yeah. than what I did. Okay. So I, I was, I'll tell you a little story. So even now, actually telling this story, I've got like, a, I can feel it now, a little shake starting to happen in my belly because it still makes me yeah. quite angry that it happened. Mm. And basically I was in a meeting with some very senior people of which I'd gone at, been asked by my line manager at the time to go and represent because they couldn't go and we were talking about a particular subject which was not an area of my expertise and I made an observation or a comment and I used within that observational comment I used a word I can't remember what the word was um I think it was like quality I think we were talking about something and I was like oh this is not to the same kind of like quality or whatever and the scene the most senior leader in that meeting absolutely went for me because of this word that I used in front of everybody so this is like a room of like eight to ten people Mm -hmm. um and they picked up on this word that I'd used quality and then they just went straight in on me on why that was not the right context actually how that was wrong and at the time I remember just being so shocked and so taken back that I was the most junior person in that room and that that person who was a senior leader thought it was appropriate you can probably hear the emotion in my voice. Yeah. Thought it was appropriate to basically tear me apart in front of these eight to 10 colleagues. And I then tried to like start justifying myself in terms of what it meant. Mm. But then that made the situation worse, like fueled it even more. But I wish now, like I'd actually have the strength and the kind of courage to be like, no, like that's, listen, sorry, that's what I meant sorry if you've misinterpreted what I've what I said but actually like that um kind of response there is something that I don't particularly appreciate I'm just here to represent like you know my line manager I wish I had had the confidence to be a lot stronger in my Mm. particular response I was fuming I was so angry Mm. and I was like did that actually just happen Mm. because the emotional response in me at that time I kind of like just was stunned like I was like stopped in my tracks and I and I think now I look back and I think I wish I'd just been a lot more like stronger and a lot more like assertive in my response back but at the time you just don't know how to do that do you because you're stuck in the moment and it's the shock of it yeah you know I think you get shocked I also think it's very difficult if as the in terms of the situation you describe that person who and it sounds like they attacked you that's how I would describe it, was a very senior individual, more senior than you by a number of levels. So 
he's in, you know, they are in a position of authority, he, she are in a position of authority. It's very hard when someone who is in that level of power. Yeah, it really is. To stand up and, you know, say something, you know, so I think as much in hindsight, you would like to have behaved differently. I think in the scenario, as you described, that was going to be really bloody hard for you ever to be able to do. Yeah. If it had been a peer-to-peer level, I know you, I think you would have responded in a very different way. I think you would have still been slightly, there would have probably still been a bit of an element of shock just at the sheer fact that someone had like yeah. attacked you like that. Um, but I think you would have responded in the way that you would have wanted to. Yeah, and it's you're hard. on a level. Hard not to take those situations personally, especially oh, God, if it's somebody it's, who course. is a lot more senior to you. Because I remember like I left that room and from that point onwards, I was like, I do not respect that person anymore. It's gone. Yeah, it's like gone. it's absolutely gone because what they did there was not appropriate to anyone. And actually, like it can then feel very personal. And mm. I think that's the thing is when you... um are in that situation and you're really not getting on with somebody and those values that respect that trust is gone like it's hard to not then like let that situation get you and for you not to feel like this is about me and this is really personal like it's it's so challenging um and let's you know yeah I don't want to kind of like dwell on it but I equally don't want to present that you know it doesn't happen or that it's all like sugar-coated like when you're in a situation where you just really don't get on with a co-worker because we spend so much time at work mm. and there's so much at play and politics at play and all sorts of stuff you know it's really difficult it can be really really draining and that's where your personal resilience comes in as well about how you're gonna manage it and, and move forward and you know and it, and it can be really really uncomfortable if you're kind of also working with that person on a regular basis as well. Yeah, no, totally. I totally agree with that. Because I think this is, again, where you've got to really think about how you help yourself through the situation. Because I'd be interested to know your thoughts in terms of how you, if we use that specific example, I know this person was a very senior person, but they were very much someone who was involved in your day-to-day and who was very much present in the workplace. So, you know, they're still a co-worker. I don't care whether they were senior manager or not. They're still a co-worker and you're still two people working for the same organisation. So, you know, so I'd be interested to know how did you like move forward from that situation and manage it for yourself? Because like, as you've already pointed out, there's clearly still a lot of emotion there. And like it still yeah. makes you angry when you talk yeah. about it. But yeah, it how did you ensure that actually you could still be productive and be successful in the workplace around this individual after that? So I think it took me a while to kind of like process it. I think I was in shock for like quite, <clears throat> I say quite a long period of time, maybe like a week or so. But I had to talk it through. So I remember like talking it through with my line manager at the time, who was really good. And also like trying to rationalize it in my own head a little Mm. bit. Like, did I actually do something wrong? Should I have not said that? Like, I don't know. Like I found, I I kind of went through some kind of process of actually like, what was, was I at fault in this particular situation? And I think that is quite a critical step in how you manage yourself is thinking about, okay, is there something here about how I'm, you know, managing my response and, thinking about 
you know, do I, should I have done things differently? Like, am I helping or triggering the situation? That line had been crossed. And so that boundary was then created. Mm. And I'm, cause I, again, I'm quite an assertive person. I will um, trust, I will want to work as much as I can. But then if you cross, if you cross it and you take advantage of that, then like, boom, that it goes up, like the shutter goes up straight away. So I knew from that point onwards, that I would tolerate that person, but I couldn't respect that person. I couldn't ever have a productive working relationship with that person. And I was fine with that, actually. I was never going to be rude. I was never going to be horrible. I was going to, you know, try not to bitch about that person. But actually, um, they had a pretty kind of like a strong impact on me and they behaved in a way which I don't value and I don't respect. Mm. And so I was then comfortable enough with putting a boundary in place which was about actually it's about them and not about me like and that's like it took me a while to get there don't get me wrong but actually that's fine and so I'm not gonna kind of let it bother me because I just can't be bothered to be honest with you like mm. why do I want to spend my energy and time trying to be bothered about somebody who doesn't care like I honestly but it I get that that's easier said than done um and you have to kind of be quite confident in yourself and your ability to do that. Um, and some people will find that really hard to do because they um, will want to be liked. Because mm. a lot of our personalities have that basis of the fact that they want to be liked all the time. Mm. Um, and so if you have that preference, you may find that really difficult. But I do think trying to be the bigger person um, and trying to put some boundaries in place which perhaps keep distance from you and that particular person so that you don't allow it to kind of penetrate your day-to-day your mindset is is quite critical that worked for me anyway Mm. and I think yeah I think creating boundaries is a good suggestion I think also trying to remain objective which is Mm. definitely the, the hardest thing to do so trying to focus in on what's important, what is the task at hand, what are the actions that I need to take, how can I fulfil those, how can I fulfil my role and responsibilities, demonstrate my performance in a way that keeps us all moving forwards, keeps us focused on the fact that we are here to do a job, that it's about the business, and can try and stay away from any of those potentially more personal emotive areas. I think that's helpful and actually keeps you in a place of action. And I always think, if you're trying to move forward, if you're trying to process anything from an emotional stance, I think doing things, taking actions, keeping yourself like, you know, as I said, focused on external factors that you can do rather than internal, I think is, yeah. is, a, is, a, is a way to cope, is like a bit of a coping mechanism. And also I would even, and this is being playing a, a bit of devil's advocate it's not going to be for everyone I actually think trying to take opportunities to put yourself in front of that person is really important yeah because I do think you know whether this is a senior individual whether it's a peer I think the more you avoid them the worse it can become because again it comes back into that space of that they become bigger uglier scarier the scenario of you two interacting becomes bigger, uglier, scarier because you're putting it off. I actually think the more you can force yourself to be in a room with them, 
the more you can demonstrate, I've moved past this. I'm an adult. I'm mature. Mm. I'm strong enough. Thanks. And I can just get on and I can get on with this. You know, I think that's really important. So it's Marley. Marley's joining us in this episode now, isn't he? Good old Marley. Is that the postman who's arrived? <laughs> Susie's nodding for anyone. Susie's put herself on mute. Bless. So yes, Marley is back in the room. But I think um, I'm glad he concurred with my point there. That's all I'm saying. Concurred with my point there about face into your face into your fears. I think it's that notion, isn't it? Face into what is scary. I think also to that point, I know for me, when I've not got on with someone. And I actually do this in life because I have to face into, I have to address elephants, I call it. Like, I want to address the elephant in the room. Now, this, again, is not going to be for everyone. It takes courage. It really does take a huge amount of courage. And you have to feel strong in yourself. But I think facing into it, the issue, and where you feel that you have the ability to do so, as I said, sometimes this isn't going to be as accessible to you with a senior individual if it's someone really senior you're not getting on with. But I definitely encourage this with peers. I definitely encourage this even with people who you manage, and I 100% recommend this for those who manage you, is call it out. Like, say that you feel things are not working. And really, you're going to have to be specific, but be specific about why not. So don't just say it's not working out if I don't think we're getting on very well, because honestly, the other person may not have even noticed. <laughs> so that's not going to be very yeah. helpful to them because they're not going to no. understand what you're talking about. Exactly. Like I would call it. It's, it's a, it's, as I say, it's, that is definitely not an easy thing to do. It's not. No, it's it not an easy thing. To it do. won't be for everybody. Um, but I really urge everyone, if you're not getting on with someone, address it with them. Because once you've had that conversation, one, the best outcome is you resolve it and you can move forward knowing that you've had that honest conversation with each other and that actually that elephant's no longer in the room. So actually you could also have it again, but they're now aware of it. It may change their behavior towards you going forward. Because even if it, it maybe they didn't even realize they were doing anything, that's yeah. the other thing they might not even realize. And then you can get that fixed. But equally, it can very much I think in some ways make it clear that if they are doing things intentionally you've called them out on it you know they can't keep doing it anymore if that makes sense because it's not a secret they can't hide behind it and think oh well I'm just going to carry on you can be like no I know what you're doing so you Mm. can stop it now and so actually I think trying if you can to put that to put those you know courage the courage cap on Put the courage cap on. <laughs> courage cap, I like that. The courage, yeah, the cap. courage cap. Get your courage um, caps out. Face into it, you know, I think uh, definitely demystifies some of that and actually allows you to have an adult-to-adult conversation and it kind of neutralises some of the emotion because you're facing into it and you're, and you're calling it. Um, you're taking control. That's yeah. actually really, like, that is such an, a position of strength that is so beneficial to have like if you're leading that conversation you are putting yourself in control of it you are taking action to address it you are you're in a position of power yeah like to not sound too sadistic but you are and actually that is such an empowering experience whether it goes right or wrong you're learning things you're challenging yourself but it's honestly when it works, and I have to admit, I've done it repeatedly. It's very rarely for me not worked. 
you know, I felt pretty superhuman afterwards because I've just thought, you know Mm. what, fuck it. I gave it a go. I've tried to address it with the individual. I've done my best. I'm the one that took the lead. Mm. And now, regardless of what happens, I know I've done what I could do to try and sort this out. Yeah, absolutely. I want to go back to that story I shared before. Like maybe I, in hindsight now, and obviously everything is the benefit of hindsight, but that's what I probably should have done is actually had a direct conversation with that particular person and been like, when you said this, this is how you made me feel. And I just want to understand a little bit more around, yeah, your intentions of Mm. what, you know, um, made you say that or what, however you want to you know structure it or phrase it if you're thinking like yes I want to have a conversation but I have no idea how to approach it because this is quite an impactful and um, potentially like scary conversation to have just as a little reminder we have a full episode in season two on how to give feedback and there's again packed full of top tips in there about how to structure conversations there's some models in there as well which you can follow to make sure that what you're articulating is really factual and based on you know observations and things so um if you are thinking i don't know where to even start with planning a conversation please check out that episode because it would really help you absolutely because feedback goes every which way it's not about line manager to team member it's about line manager to their line manager about managing upwards we talk about that and managing your manager that was an episode in season three again also could be useful for some of you who are potentially in some challenging situations with building relationships with managers have a look at that episode as well but going back to feedback it can go in any which direction so it literally is as Susie says it's about structuring a really great conversation and about being honest so Definitely check that out if you're looking for tips on how to do it. But also not to forget that if you feel like you are working in uh, a more toxic environment where you feel like um, things really, really aren't getting on between you and your coworker, and you can't find any way forward. Don't forget there are lots of resources out there to support you and make sure you contact your HR representative if that is something that you think is actually uh, better and more suited to your situation. They are out there to help you as well. So thinking about, I suppose, the story that I led with at the start, which is around the breakdown in relationship at Apple in the 80s between Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. You know, it's alleged that Steve Wozniak became more frustrated with Jobs' working style, approach, communication, etc. And we obviously don't know how many times they perhaps had a conversation about it, how many times they faced into it that we've talked about. If they did, <laughs> they put their courage cap on. <laughs> they put, yeah, did they put their courage caps on? You know, we don't know the ins and outs of that. But what I would say is just taking, I suppose, kind of in some ways inspiration from that story, for want of a better word. But if you are in a place where you're becoming more increasingly frustrated with a coworker, colleague, peer, boss, line manager, whoever, you know, it is at work, is really thinking about, okay, what is it about that style or that approach, that communication that I'm that is triggering me, that I'm finding frustrating? Capture that, take a minute to kind of process it without the emotion there and think about, okay, what can I now do differently so that, you know, we move the situation forward into hopefully a more positive 
place. And so we'll recap on our top tips at the end of the episode on what uh, we would suggest so that things uh, come to a uh, more positive resolution, perhaps in this example with Apple. (laughs) So we've introduced a new feature uh, in the last season, which is workplace shame. And it's a, it's a feature you've all been loving. So in this particular feature, which we've carried on to season four, this is where we share an embarrassing workplace story from one of our listeners or from one of us, if we're desperate and none of you have put your courage caps on. Volunteered. Put your courage caps on as Susie's now coined. We need to like, we need to trademark that. Um, And and shared that story with us to absolve yourself of it. And, you know, that whole problem shared is a problem half. But anyway, thankfully, I do have a listener shame story to share with you. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah, this is from one of our CBBs. So I will start the story. Now, this particular CBB has taken us right back to when they were 14 years old. Bless them. All right. Okay. And it was a work experience placement that they were attending on their very, very first day. And it was at a retail store that they're working at in their local town. So they'd caught the bus into town to um, get to the the retail store they were going to be working at. And they were walking through the town centre. And as they were walking through the town centre, they walked past a local bakery. And at that particular point, that bakery was letting down their external awning at the front of the shop in preparation to get the shop open. The night before, it had rained extremely heavily. So there was a lot of water on the ground, a lot of water had collected on roofs and water had collected on this specific awning. Right. Okay. So. Unfortunately, this particular shop was also a favourite home of pigeons. And as this uh, CBB of ours came walking across with confidence and enthusiasm for their very first work experience placement, the awning was being brought down. And this awning chucked a lot of water onto them, as well as pigeon poo. So this poor individual of ours was coated in water and pigeon poo all over their hair, all over their face. And unfortunately, it was too close to the start of work to be able to catch the bus back home to get changed and cleaned up. So they arrived at the placement, went straight to the bathroom to try and clean up all this bird poo, which, as as they told me, was all in their hair. They could do any as well as they could. And then unfortunately, had to spend the whole first day covered in bird crap (gasps) and stinking. (laughs) Bless them. Their little 14-year-old socks. Oh, bless them. I know. So I think on this particular occasion, <laughs> this CBB has said that being pooed on was not lucky. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, that's a real historic workplace shame story there, isn't it? Like the, we've taken it back to the archives. People. I know. It doesn't, it doesn't take it back to the archives. Yeah. It doesn't matter the age. So thank you very much, no. CBB, for sharing yeah, that Yeah, thanks for sharing. Oh, that, that tragedy. So, yeah, so CBBs, if you have a workplace shame, regardless of age, <laughs> if you want to kick one out of your archives, yeah. do it, that you're keen to get off your chest, share with the world, <laughs> then uh, please, please email it to Susie and I at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk. Or you can send us a message on Instagram by searching for at thecoachingcast. And as I always say, Susie always says, do not worry, your workplace shames are safe with us. We'll never share your name, where you're from your age, 
anything about you. So it will stay anonymous. So it's now time for everybody's favorite feature. It is yes. bullshit bingo. So this is where Susan and I call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace, which make us cringe. And you cringe. lot, because a lot of these come from you too. So these are also bullshit bingos that you lot send us and also make you cringe. So today's bullshit bingo, I'm shocked we haven't had this one yet, is game changer. So what do you think of this, Gem, Susan? Oh, so you know that emoji face um, where the emoji is like being sick. It's got like the green <laughs> yeah. sick. I've used yeah. that quite a lot in the last week. The I was going to say, yeah, this episode's actually got quite a lot of conversation about sick. Sorry about that today. Yeah. Um, but this is the emoji face that comes to mind when I hear that phrase game changer. It's like, oh, I've seen it quite a lot on um, LinkedIn recently. And um, it really just makes me want to vom. I'm like, oh, all right, yeah, game changer. Um, what? Like, again, what's this mean? Um, what do you actually specifically want to get across? Like, oh, I just don't like it. I, it's a common one. Seen it used loads. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever used it. Yeah, I, I was, I have, I'm not sure. Game changer. I think I might have said it to take the piss, but I don't think I've said it really, like seriously. Yeah, like I don't think I've said it. I've certainly not said it's like written it down and game like changer. posted it as a form. This is going to be a content. game changer. It feels like, like a mark- it feels like a marketeer thing to say. Sorry, marketeers listening to us, but it feels like yeah. a marketeer would say game changer. Yeah, I definitely feel like there's been a um, an, a surge in game changing moments on LinkedIn recently. Uh, maybe that's just my feed. I don't yeah, know. I, I feel say, like I've just seen it loads. I think you should review your network. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, not for me. It's 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 one of it's actually a really good one in terms of a bullshit bingo, but not for me in terms of the no. actual like realities of just not being a douche. Like <laughs> <laughs> douche. Need to bring that word back. Cool. <laughs> well, if guys listening, if you know some douchebags that are using some terrible bullshit bingos and we haven't featured them yet, then please send their bullshit bingos to us. Uh, again, email them to hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or send us a message on Instagram at thecoachingcast. If you share them with us, we will share them on here, as you well know. We are coming to the end of today's episode where we've been speaking about when you don't get on with somebody at work. So our tips and recommendations for you this week are number one, take time to understand what's going on. Why do you feel this way? And actually, is it about you or is it about them? So maybe a bit of self-reflection there. Number two, identifying the specific issues. So what is going on and which of these can you actually fix yourself? And number three, really important one, take a breath, take a moment, pause, have a second and just have a think about how you're now going to respond rather than react to this particular situation. And that will help you feel that you are more in control. And then finally, our other top tip, which is in a different colored pen for those of you who aren't watching on YouTube. <laughs> it's, and can't such see. A, it's a big one. It's a big one 
is um, one of the phrases that we are now going to go away and coin and uh, trademark, <laughs> which is uh, try and put on your courage cap. So if you can and it's appropriate and you feel comfortable enough to, because I know it's quite a challenging thing to do, try and have a conversation with that person that you are really struggling to connect with and have a relationship with. Um, and don't forget, there's a whole episode in season two on feedback to help you structure and plan for that conversation as well. Courage cap. It's where it's at. Get that courage cap on, people. You won't regret it. It's a good empowering exercise. Push yourself. Challenge yourself. <laughs> so don't worry if you can't remember all of these. All of our tips and recommendations will be on our Instagram page at The Coaching Cast. And we post them every Wednesday following the episode going out on the Tuesday. So you can look at all of our top tips for every single episode we've ever made of The Coaching Cast on our highlights button, which is at the top of our Instagram page. We hope you enjoyed today and have some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves. If you have any questions, thoughts or feedback, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or on Instagram at thecoachingcast, where you can stay in touch with all of our latest news www.thecoachingcast.co.uk is now live as we talked about in the introduction for today's show live on the world wide web it is so you can also listen to all of our episodes across seasons one two three and those that are being released now for seasons four plus explore some exclusive content to help you thrive at work go check it out stay connected to the website because we'll continue to post things there as well your support CBBs means everything. Therefore, if you like what you've heard today and would like to help us grow the podcast and for more people to come across it, then please do us a little favor. Give us a follow on Instagram. Leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. Those reviews mean so much to us uh, and to our growth. So we really, really be appreciative if you could leave us a re- review and also subscribe to future episodes wherever you listen. Don't forget, you can also watch each episode of The Coaching Cast on our YouTube channel where there are gems of us in motion, in full swing, uh, laughing, (laughs) joking, coughing, coughing, (laughs) sneezing. (laughs) Uh, And you can watch uh, The Coaching Cast on YouTube. In next week's episode, we will be discussing the very important topic of menopause at work. To help us with this, we will be joined by special guest Beb Thorogood, who is dedicated to helping working women continue to perform at their best through menopause and beyond. We both love music and use it to motivate and energise us, so we like to finish each of our episodes with our personal song recommendations, giving you positivity and energy as you launch into your next meeting. It's my choice today, and I've chosen a track from Bonobo's brand new album, Fragments, which is amazing. So that was Fragments. I stumbled over that. So it's an absolute tune. I love it. I love Bonobo anyway. But the song is called Shadows, and that's by Bonobo featuring Jordan Rakai. Highly recommend it. And he's going to check that out. I've not listened to that one. Go check it out. So thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Have a great week. And remember, you've got this.